Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're here in this third week of our vision series, and we're moving through the heart of who we are as a church in this series. If you've missed out any in these last couple weeks, you want to check out our podcast to keep up to see what's happening. And the mission that Jesus has given the church will never change. That mission stands forever. And we're giving, we're going to continue engaging our values as a body. We have two more uh, values today that we want to consider. Before we engage them, we must not set aside our vision as Topeka first. Love God, love people, inspire hope. It's love God, love people, inspire hope. And these words must be more than words or a statement. They must be something that comes from the heart of followers of Christ. And there are certain attributes that we value as followers of Jesus that help us to fulfill this vision to love God and to love people and to inspire hope. And these values do matter to each and every one of us. And last week I spoke to you about the values of continual prayer and being spirit-empowered. Now we need to move forward uh, for two more values, but let's consider uh, some realities that, uh, that that's what it's like to live today in this world. Have you ever played on a team? Uh, most of us have in one way or the other. It could be a sports team, could be another team where you are competing to win. And uh, so uh, it may be that you are not really playing for a win, but simply for a position uh, in your life. And so you say you have a kid and, and uh, they're one of those people on a basketball team. And, but they have been working hard at it, but you feel like they just haven't got the chance that they deserve. And so you, uh, as a parent, you, you, of course, want to fight for them so that they can have that opportunity to be able to play on the team. And you clearly think they should be the center because uh, they're tall instead of maybe a guard. You just want to find them a place. So what do you do? Of course, as a parent, you're going to go to the coach. You know, you got to go to that top person and, and talk to the coach and see what they think about it. And, but that's not the only way you can get the job done, Right. Uh, maybe there's some other ways you can do that, but participation and preparation may be the other side of that. And this morning we're going to look at our first value and we need to see what happens to Jesus as the coach of the 12 disciples. And uh, he's leading these guys. And Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 to 28 tells us this. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. Well, who are these sons? Well, it's James and John, and you know them from the Gospels. And, he, and it goes on to say this in verse 21, What is it you want? He asked. Uh, she said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom." Uh, She's asking a lot, right? Uh, Verse 22 goes on to say, You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? Uh, We can, they answered. 
Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant. They were outraged uh, with these two brothers. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It seems like uh, James and John took part in the question their mom asks, uh, because in the book of uh, Mark, chapter 10, we find these two sons who are asking uh, some questions as well. So mom was not likely the only one asking. E even so, they, they were looking uh, for a position, for a place. And, and the truth is that uh, later they did receive position uh, because Peter, James, and John had been listed as kind of as the three leading disciples uh, of Jesus out of the 12. But with position uh, comes responsibility. And the truth is, is that responsibility comes with service. As we serve as followers of Christ, we have responsibility, each and every one of us. Uh, Jesus kind of said it this way. He said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. In fact, we see here that James died for his faith at the hands of Herod. And John lived to be an old man after having been persecuted, and then he was sent out to an island out in the middle of nowhere to live. Jesus really made the point when he said this over in verse 28. He said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, He's saying, look, guys, he's saying this is not all about having a position with power, with influence. It isn't about having a position where people can serve you. It isn't about uh, someone letting, uh, letting, me, letting me get that, that bag, let me get that bag for you, uh, Brother Bob. It's about helping others. Service is not even about being able to tell others what you think. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And we all, have, we all have it wrong at times. Each and every one of us do. And you and I aren't simply people who are to receive the service of other people. Uh, others that, uh, although it, that's what our culture kind of teaches us at times, right? Uh, then we take that right into the church body and into our communities uh, it is the opposite of what we think. Even in Jesus' time, G Jesus was telling uh, his disciples that they aren't simply receivers of service, but respectfully givers of service. And, and this is where we roll out our next biblically-based value at Topeka First, Christ-like service. Christ-like service, humbly living to serve and not be served. 
This has a qualifying word in this value. It's not simply service. Now, we could have said that. Uh, but service is not bad in itself. But serving just for serving's sake is really not what we see in the Bible. We just don't see that in the scriptures. There's more to it than that. And this is why Christ-like service uh, is so important. And it's the qualifying word. We, we are people who are intending to live out our faith in Christ with actions that show not only what we believe, but our Christ-like personal morals as well. Otherwise, we're no different than the person down the street. Uh, besides, remember what Jesus said to James and John, this other disciple, uh, and the other disciples here. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. So really, in my kind of words, Jesus was saying, you need to be different. Each and every one of us as followers of Christ need to be different. Don't try to control others. Don't try to manipulate others to get what you want. Stay away from power plays and live for Christ. Live for Christ in this world and your relationship with others. Harsh or demanding is the way Jesus saw those who were ruling in his time. And I would say that it's probably not much different for us today in the world we live in. And just the facts are that way. And if you treat other people like they have to follow your every whim, it seems that respect needs to become the order of the day. We all need to be able to respect other people. And really, respect means to have regard for the feelings uh, for the traditions, for the wishes, for the rights of other people. Uh, could you imagine if somebody was coming up to you and saying, you need to move to the next seat. And, and, and they would be shocked at that point. And they'd say, this is my seat, you need to move. And, and if they said that, it would kind of be harsh to them. And it would be lacking respect. But if they said, would you be able to move over to the next seat? Because I broke my leg, I hurt my leg. Uh, and that would be different. You would say, okay, uh, I get that. And, but don't try to control others. Don't try to manipulate others to get what you want. Stay away from those power plays and, and live for Jesus. For the most part, Jesus would say something like this. I think you're familiar with it. He says, treat others the way you would have them treat you. And Christ-like service really comes down to what the Apostle Paul was saying when he was pointing back to the attitude that Jesus had uh, and about himself and others. And we can find it over in Philippians chapter 2. And uh, chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, he says this, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So what Paul is saying here really is quite plain. And if you and I are willing to apply these principles to our lives and to our businesses uh, it can change our world, and that's what we're about, to change the world and have an impact in the world that we live in. Too many people have decided that since it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, that the only way to accomplish uh, something that they want to accomplish is to do the very same thing. But 
both Jesus and the Apostle Paul would both say no. They would just say no. You, you can see that Jesus was tough when, he, when the situations really demanded it. There's no question. Like when he ran the money changers out of the temple. But when it came to those who were in need, he dealt with them in compassion like Bart the blind beggar. Yeah, there were times he, he challenged those who were in need, like the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was sick, and he said, uh, it's not right for the children's bread to go to the dogs. That's a, that was offensive, but, but, but she did the dance and, and said, even the dogs eat the crumbs under the table. Jesus pulled that, that uh, seed of faith from that lady at that day, but those are special occasions. But usually Jesus was compassionate. It was usually those who were proud and full of themselves that he corrected with force. He did that. Let's see what Paul says about Christ-like service. We find it here in Philippians chapter 2 again, verse 5 to 8. He says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Christ-like service, well, humbly living to serve and not to be served, it is important for us if you're if you're a greeter, if you're an usher, if you serve with our children or youth, even if you're on a cleaning crew or a small group leader, we all need to humbly serve others, and especially in times like this of crisis and challenge and difficulty, we need to find those ways that God gives us the ability to serve our community and serve our neighbors, serve our friends, and serve those that we really don't know that well. In a demanding world of consumers, it isn't always easy. Consumers don't want to serve. They, they want to be served. Uh, disciples of Jesus are those who are willing to serve. And this takes us to our last value for today. Uh, we value a local focus and global impact. Uh, we care about our home and the world as God cares about people who are near and far. See, real servants of Jesus Christ must focus on more than just their simple uh, personal needs. And I understand that we all have times that we need God's intervention in our personal lives. That's for all of us, uh, everyone. Yet in those times, there are others who come alongside of us to pray and to encourage us in our faith as we walk with God and as we try to find our way with Him. And as we grow in our faith and in our relationship with God, we have to start finding a way to pick, a, give back to God out of gratitude. And in, in some ways, we, we do it in serving. In other ways, we do it by being a witness to others uh, for what Christ has done in our lives. Uh, it, if the only thing he has done for you is to forgive you of your sin, you know, I have to say that's probably enough. That's important. Why is that enough? Well, he's made a way for us to be able to spend eternity with God in heaven. And that's through faith in Christ Jesus. So why is that enough? Because that is more than anything else on this earth. 
uh, local focus and global impact comes back to the Great Commission. And Jesus gave us uh, uh, the, the, the spirit empowerment to enable us to be able to do his work around the world and in our communities. Look at what he said to his people over the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said these words. Says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You just can't ignore what Jesus says here. Uh, not only was he empowering his people to be witnesses uh, of the salvation and hope that Jesus came to bring us, but they were to be witnesses all over the world. Don't miss out on these locations that he speaks of here. The first place was Jerusalem. It's a city much like Topeka or other towns and cities in the surrounding area. Then you have Judea as something like the state of Kansas. And then he mentions Samaria, kind of like the state across the border, maybe Missouri or Nebraska. But the good news must be taken everywhere to everyone, and we must not leave people out next door and overseas. But Jesus finally says this at the end of that verse. He says, to the ends of the earth. We get it. That's every other country. It's every other nation. Uh, it's every other people group in this world. And then over in, in Revelation 5, 9, we find this. It, sa it shows us that the Lord later reveals this to the apostle John. It says, there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. With, with all of these people coming out, with all of these people coming to faith around the world, it means that we have a big job to do. And we must take the opportunity to be witnesses of Jesus to our community, uh, to, our, uh, to our community in general, but also in the community at large and to the state and to the United States and to those around the world because God has called us. We must take that opportunity to be witnesses to this world around us. We find that we care about our home and our world as God cares about the people near and far. There, there's something that we need to keep in mind. Some people think that missions is only something that we do in our local community and we can leave the rest of the world to themselves. They have their own responsibilities. But it's more than that. We, we've, I've served both in home missions and foreign missions and I found that there are people that have those kind of views that we need to take care of only those right beside us and ignore the others around the world. But I think that those Christians are missing out on those near and far. God has a bigger plan than what they understand. And we see that Jesus empowered us to be witnesses everywhere. Local missions and global missions. It's God's mandate. It's not either or, it's both and. It never was either or. It's always been both and. But look at what Jesus' great commission was to his people. He says it in Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, this great commission was not a suggestion. Uh, neither was it a recommendation from our Lord. Uh, we are all to be people who witness of his great love and hope. And the good news is for everybody. The book of Romans in chapter 3, verse 22 to 24 says this. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That really shows us that all mankind is messed up and went our own way. But the grace that Jesus has provided is enough to save all who will put their trust in him. Then we see what he says, the Apostle Paul says over in Romans 10, verse 13 to 15. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can, they, can anyone preach unless they are sent? It really, Paul is referring to Israel and goes on to write about it, but his message really is a wake-up call to each and every one of us. And how can people put their faith in Christ if they've never heard about his saving grace that he's provided? And on top of that, they need people who are willing to preach or to proclaim the message to them so that they can hear and understand. Some, sometimes the problem is this. People in the church say things like this. Oh, I'm not a preacher. Uh, I'm not a preacher. That's the pastor's job to do that. The truth is, you may be the only person that has the opportunity to share Christ with another individual. To preach simply means to proclaim. Proclaim means to announce or to broadcast. One pastor never prepared during the week for his messages, and on Sunday morning he'd sit on the platform while the church was uh, was singing uh, music in worship, in worship time, and, and uh, he was desperately praying, and he would say, Lord, give me your message, Lord, give me your message. One Sunday while he was desperately praying for God's message, he heard the Lord say, Ralph, here's my message, you're lazy. <laughs> We may not be like that preacher uh, but uh, who was never prepared, but we need to prepare ourselves to be witnesses of Christ to our community. Become the kind of person who is willing to work at announcing the good news of Jesus every time God gives you that opportunity. Are you willing to announce or to share what God has done for you? Because God has done a great thing for you. If you put your trust and your faith in him and you look to him in faith, he's done something wonderful by forgiving you of your sins and giving you hope again. How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? The only way that we can have local focus and global impact is to be willing to focus and to work at sharing hope with those around us. We must be the kind of people who are willing to share hope with the lost and confused world. You are a preacher. You may not feel like it, but you are a preacher, and God has called you to be able to proclaim and to share your faith with others around you. 
Sometimes people are fear, fearful of sharing faith with others because they don't want others to size them up in a way that they don't expect or a way they don't want. Jesus knew those kind of things would happen, and in his commission, he said this, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Look, Jesus didn't want his church to feel like they were on their own. He, he's empowered us and promised to be with us when we proclaim this message of hope. What about that friend you haven't asked to church yet? You can ask them. Maybe invite them to listen online. Maybe invite them to the next time we have service. Maybe sit down with them with a cup of coffee and talk to them about your faith and to share your testimony. Let our church vision, let it become your vision. Love God, love people, inspire hope. Do you really value Christ-like service? Uh, do you really uh, value local focus and global impact, that great commission that Jesus gave to us? Well, I hope so. God cares about people, and if you aren't there yet, it's time to set aside uh, some things and be willing to live in a Christ-like service. How can you change to follow God's will? Well, it starts by a commitment to change. Until you make that choice, everything will stay the same. We have to make that choice in God's presence and then daily decide to follow His will. And today you can make that choice. I want to pray for you before I go this morning. Father, I pray that you would help each and every person that's listening this morning. Help each and every one of them to be able to open their hearts to you so that you may work through their lives. Your plan for them is good. And Lord, your plan for them also is for them to be able to share their faith as they know that you have given them hope I pray that you would strengthen them, help them to be able to be people who will serve in a Christ-like manner. Help them to be people who will share their faith with those around them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.